Hello. And welcome to Love, Life, Money, and a Cup of Coffee with Cody and Kathy. Welcome, welcome. Well, hello, hello. It's been a while. It has. I know, it's been a while. Yep. Hasn't been a while since I've seen you. I, I, I... It better not been a while <laughs> since you've seen me or else we'll be in trouble. Yeah, no. The weather's been bipolar. Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, it's been crazy. We had an 80 degree day and then the next day it drops to like 40 degrees yeah, it's and weird. it's almost snowed. Yeah. You know, people talk about climate change, like the the earth heating up, which is fine. I, you know, I listen, I mean, I, I like scientists. I like, I like reading studies. So I, I actually believe in, in, in some of that stuff. The ice caps are melting and there is more water being produced on the planet, but it is, you got to admit the weather is changing. Yeah. Like, you know, this Easter, like, I wasn't sure if the Easter bunny could make it if, you know, he had to send Santa Claus over. Oh, that was your concern? That was my concern. <laughs> Speaking of, of that, um, we're going to talk about a little bit about mental health <laughs> <laughs> and how it correlates to your financial health. Oh, today. my mental health is perfect. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> hey, don't kill hopes for those kids, Okay. No, I, I I support you. The Easter Bunny did a great job for Sophie this year. That that yes, that bucket of candy that the Easter Bunny brought was yeah. Was I got her other than, stuff too. More than she could probably eat in a year. So yeah. she shared with her dad. I appreciate it. Yeah, but at least she didn't share her goodies with her dad. The other goodies. no, she she took what she wanted. <laughs> <left> the rest. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, Sophie has prom. Uh, what is it uh, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow night? Tomorrow yep. night. Yep. We went and did our nails. Got yeah, some good. girls' time. Good. Yeah, I, I, you're really good with her, by the way. I, she loves you. She's a sweetheart. Yeah, she is a sweetheart. Even though there are times where I'm just like, but well, she's 17. She's 17, <laughs> and she's in her own little lane. And then that lane, it's curvy all over. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it curves from one side of the road to the other. Just ask. Just look at her car. I know, actually, yesterday, when you got back from the gym, there was, like, a big accident right in front of our house. And, like, first instinct was, like, is that Sophie? But mm. good thing it wasn't, right? Mm. Because, you know. Oh, yeah, the the fire trucks and stuff. The fire trucks was, like, closing down our street. And I was just like, oh. But, you know, we're glad it's not her. She left um, about five to ten minutes earlier before that happened, so. I was glad. Yeah, she's safe. She's safe. Well, today I'm, I'm going to start with a little story, and then we're going we're to talk about there's a, there's a strong correlation between mental uh, health and financial health, and both have been declining uh, sharply in the U.S., especially since this year. Especially since COVID, mainly. Co COVID has definitely impacted that. Uh, there's a there's a company called Telus Health. They're a global healthcare company, mm -hmm. and they. They've been doing a lot of surveys on on mental health since the beginning of the year and how it correlates to financial health. And there's a, there's a lot of similarities. The the story I, I wanted to share, and, and this is, you know, it's I think it's important to understand this because emotions can cloud our judgment. Of course, always. Because like 
because we're humans and most of us are well humans are an emotional creatures absolutely right not all of us are driven by logic you it's you're driven by your emotions first then reality kicks in and that's when <laughs> reality kicks in <laughs> yeah that's, that's where that's you know true. reasoning and logic comes into play but our first instant it's going to be emotions. Mm-hmm. That's why they always say, don't make any decisions like right then and there. Oh, that's good. I like Based that. on your emotions, yeah. right? And you, you always say, I, I like your term D before S. Yep. Dumb before smart. <laughs> so, and that's, that's coming back to my story. It was 2006. So two years before the financial crisis. And uh, we're living in, and, and this was uh, my previous marriage. We were living in Riverton, Utah. And uh, we, we had, at that point, four or five, I don't remember, lots of kids. We, we, we have six total uh, together. Um, busy bee. Yeah, we were busy. We, we had a house in, in Riverton, Utah. I ha- when I bought the house, I put it on a 15-year loan. So I had nine years left. It was almost 3,000 square feet, huge backyard. I'm like... This is great. I'm self-employed. My wife doesn't work. I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I'm straight, essentially straight commission. Whatever I, you know, whatever I, I, I sell. I that's that that's how we made a lit. And, and and Becky, you know, she'd do some side hustles and jobs and stuff. And she she had some skills uh, in uh, assisting in oral surgery. Um, so anyway, but my my here's my my point was one night. You know, again, we had nine years left on this, and my biggest goal was to get like fifty grand of cash in the bank, like fifty grand of cash. You know, we have our retirement and stuff, but you know, get the house paid off, and I have fifty grand of cash. I, I, I felt like I, I could, I'll own the world. In that Emergency point. cash reserve. Yeah. Yep. I don't have to worry every month about you know cash flow, and I know we're going to be okay. That was like my, that was my vision. So one night she comes home, and this is not like. Everything happens for a reason, right? So I'm not I'm not throwing her under the bus. So that's your stretch. emotion, right? You're just like my, that okay. was my emotion. Right. Yes, I was okay. I was highly motivated to to be debt free and and have have lots of cash. Yeah. And and back then, fifty grand was a lot. Nowadays, it's like whoa, that's that's really not as much as it used to be. Yep. But anyway, so she comes home one night. She says, "Hey, I found our dream home," and I'm like, "What do you mean? I'm living in my dream home." Dream home. <laughs> Our dream home or uh, yeah, her dream or, yeah, home? Yeah, exactly. So I was like, well, yeah, I, 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 li- I live in my dream home. I was, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I'm happy. And, and so anyway, she, she talked to me into getting in the car, and we, we drive down to South Jordan, and she pulls up to this house. And it's, it's almost a million-dollar home. It's, it's massive. Uh, I, I can't even remember the square feet on that, that home. It was had to have been 7,000 square feet. It was just massive. And... <laughs> She pulls up in front of it. She says that this is where we're going to live. That's how she said it. This is where we're going to live. And I'm like, I don't think this is going to work <laughs> with our budget and with, you know, with where we're at. And I think the, this was right. Like, I think we had just, I just did my taxes. And I think it was the first year I made over $100,000. So, I was, you know, I was excited about my career and where, you know, we were, we were doing okay, but. Without many kids, you know, I, I, we always had <laughs> those first few years. I remember <laughs> we always had some 
uh, donation food, you know, my kids got used to seeing certain labels and stuff. You know, we, 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 we had a rough few first couple of years, but, but anyway, as, as, so we, we pull up to this house and we walk in, I'm just like, this is, uh, it was beautiful. Like, <laughs> I was like, I understand what you're saying, but, uh, you know, so after looking at the finances, I mean, it was, I, I had to, in order to do it and I'm, I'm, you know, back in 2007, they would give, or 2006, they would give anyone a loan at that yep. point, right? So yep. I, I, I was self-employed, making just a little over $100,000 a year. You know, I'm sure Becky had a little bit of income, and that was it. And we had all these kids, and they were like, hey, you want you want $800,000? Just sign here, you know? And it was like... Sign your life away. What? Okay, so we, get, we had to get a first, and then we had to do an equity line of credit, to make everything work. So I ended up with, you know, a, a, two, loans. A, a two loans at about $800,000. And my, my payment, so together, my between the two payments was $4,400 a month. And that was in 2006 <laughs> dollars, okay? So, so I, I, that's a big, so then I'm like, well, we go back and forth and back and forth. And uh, I, I just said, I, I no, I, I don't. I don't feel good about it. And, <laughs> and it pretty much uh, came down to yes. Uh, I, you know, I just kind of, it, it just was something that she wanted. And I, I, I was like, you know what? If, the, if you really want it that bad, I'll, 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 I'll try and make it happen. Yeah, kind of like, you know, happy wife, happy life. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And, she, and, and that was, yep. But we, 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 let's just be clear. We made that decision together. I, I could have said, no, I'm not, I'm not throwing her no. under the bus. No. But, but anyway, so we, so we got into the house. I, you know, I made my first payment. My, my dad comes over and he's like, what in the hell is going on over here? What, you, you're, you, know, you bought this thing? You know, so anyway, um, I made my first payment. Uh, th- then I got my utility bills for my gas, electric, water, and, and then right after I got done paying those bills, you know, here comes Becky from a Walmart or a Costco, you know, with like 20 bags of groceries. And, you know, we, again, we have all these kids we're trying to feed. And then... And, and then, your kids are big eaters. And, they, oh. and then it, uh, a few months later, I get my real estate tax bill. And I'm just thinking, okay, with all of this added up, and all the food, utilities, insurance, everything—it it literally, I needed about ten thousand dollars a month to survive. That's not—I mean, I'm not my fifty thousand dollars of cash goal is gone. <laughs> so, I just said, you know what? I can do it. Um, you know, my higher power is watching over me, and I'm gonna. By golly, I'm gonna go to work, and I'm gonna do this. And. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. It was the most stressful thing I have ever gone through in my life, trying to make that payment every month. Now, I pride myself in the fact that I always, I, I always want to do best by my clients, and so I never, I always try to keep that separate. Like it's not about me; it's about it should be about it, the it's client. about the client, right? But at the same time, I love my business because it's a win-win. Like the more money I make, that means I'm helping more people. So it's 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 kind of a unique business that way, and that's why I love it. But um, nevertheless, I just had to help a lot of people, and so that that was that was the the goal. And so after living in, in this house for a few years, under that kind of a stress, I felt my health 
my mind, my anxiety levels were through the roof and I ended up uh, taking some prescription meds that helped and didn't want to stop because they helped so much and, and after a, a, a few month ordeal with that, I, I ended up realizing how dangerous that could be. And so we, we got through that, but the, the, the stress and anxiety that I was feeling, uh, I, it's almost like you're in a tunnel and you can't, you can't think about anything else. This is not, it's not healthy for you. And I wasn't, I was playing soccer and running a little bit, but I really wasn't working out like I should have been and doing the things. Yeah, because you're spending more time in the office than you do at home or even have time for yourself. Yeah. So, you know, we're having, uh, actually we didn't have six kids when we moved because we had the twins and, and I think that was in the new house. But, but anyway, uh, Becky got really sick. And we couldn't figure out what was going on. And so we kept going to all these neurologists trying to figure out what was happening. And we ended up in Colorado after a year of her, like we thought she was going to die. Like she, she actually was bedridden. She, she couldn't talk. She couldn't function. She couldn't move. And here I am the sole provider, six children. And now my wife is literally in bed. So you're a, provider and a caretaker yes for seven lives yes and i'm not here to share this story to say oh poor me i'm here to share it because our topic today i've been through this yeah it's how mental health because your your finances affect your mental health because it it's it's a source of depression and anxiety because you're trying to make ends meet and trying to you know support your family and make sure that they have everything that they needed yep. to survive, like basics necessity. So, you know, we always say like money doesn't buy you happiness, but it buys you options. Exactly. It gives you yeah. options there. When you have money, you can, okay, um, she's bedridden, so we can get a caretaker for her, you know, get somebody to shuttle the kids around. But when you don't have that resources, you have to do it all on your own, and it takes a toll on you. Well, and, and let's be clear, we, uh, there was there was numerous friends yeah. and family that that helped, right? But, but you know, you're dependent. The buck stops on with the bucks, me, yeah, right? The buck stops Everything's with me. there. Like I remember growing up, my mom's a single mom, and she's trying to provide for me, and she was work, and my grandparents, she's working three jobs, and you know, just trying to make ends meet and then she got a babysitter and that babysitter ended up like you know was slightly abusive and stealing my food so she's like what do I do she she doesn't have the means to because she couldn't afford the high paying babysitter so I stopped going to having to go to work with her and you know so I I can relate to what you went through because that's how my mom came from a very poor family. Like, you know, farmers, carpenters, you know, those. Yeah, it's, manual- a, it's a whole other level it's of, a whole, of poverty. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, I know the stress. Like, even like even now, sometimes like in her retirement, she's so stressed out. Yeah. Because yeah. she wants to have a peace of mind knowing that if something happens to her, 
that she's going to be in the hospital. She's going to be okay. And I'm like, mom, you are fine. Mm -hmm. We built up your cash reserves. We did this. But, you know, it's just like, and it kind of consumes her. I said, go take a vacation. Go have fun. Yeah. And she just like doesn't know how anymore. Well, and, and, and not to interrupt you, but, but I think that was the issue with Becky and I. We, we weren't able to take that break, yeah. especially for that last year. So on top of all this financial uncertainty, we then all of a sudden had a plot twist. Right. Boom. Like we, we talk about all the time. Mm -hmm. And you can plan all you want, but when those plot twists hit and it's not covered by insurance because they don't know, it's, they they don't don't know what what's going to. on, we finally figured out it was Lyme's disease. They put her on heavy, heavy doses of antibiotics. She started to come out of it. But at that point, our relationship was, was damaged. Yep. And I, you know, I own that, you know, uh, as much as anyone, but my my point of sharing that story and 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 talking with your mom about her situation is the impact that 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 anxiety and stress literally I can say that, that that's probably why I lost that marriage. Yeah, and that's why it's critical because our role in our clients' lives are we're also their financial therapists, mm -hmm. right? Yep. We want to be that person that you reach out to is like, hey, we just had a plot twist. Like, are we going to be okay? Like, you know, when COVID hit, everybody's like, okay, are we going to be okay? Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, we did a call to, you know, a kind of a wellness check. A with wellness our, check, yeah. With our clients to make sure they're okay physically, mentally, and financially. Mm -hmm. So, you know, having a financial therapist aka your financial advisor that knows your situation and that you have done the planning is very crucial in your life yep and to and to be honest i had a finance even though that i did that for a living i had hired another advisor for me because mm -hmm. i didn't want to be skewed and that was a huge help for me to be able to talk to him because there was very few people i could talk to right uh, I had, you know, you have your support system. My, my parents have always been there, yeah. but that financial part of it, you know, was, it, I, that's what I had. I had to just kind of talk to someone about, like, Hey, here's where I'm at. Like, here's what I need, need, here's where I need to be. And, and yep. having a plan in place, right? Having a plan in place and, you know, having those emergency preparedness plan. Yep. So let, let's talk about that. This, so. So I, I think we're probably, I mean, you, you guys, are, if you're listening to this, you can look up the study. It's Tell Us Health. It's a global health uh, care company. Here, here's the number one factor in anxiety and stress from a financial standpoint. Can you, well, you, I guess I did, give, you have the notes. <laughs> it's debt. Yeah. Right. It's debt. So debt is, is number one. And then just overall uncertainty about the things that we can't control is yeah. number two. So those are the two biggest financial drags on mental health with, the, with the mental health and financial well-being scores of people who said they were overwhelmed by debt, by debt clocking in at 10 to 15 points below the national average. The, the most important factor determining what, where someone landed on the spectrum of mental health and financial wellness was, number one, 
emergency reserves. Yep. So debt, that's the opposite of debt. Mm, right. <laughs> and you can have debt, but if you don't have emergency reserves, you're, and I'm the, that's the reason I shared that story. I felt that anxiety of how are we going to make ends meet next month? How are we going to make ends meet in two weeks? And, and, and if we can get that, you know, we talk about six to 12 months. Nowadays, I think it's a year to two of not just sitting in the bank cash, but liquidity. Liquidity, That yep. you can get to. Or even, you know, cash stuff under your pillow. But now we're kind of leaning into that cashless society. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, we're actually getting ready to do a workshop on financial preparedness. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because we work, we, we do work with a lot of women. Uh, a lot of them are widowed. Uh, a lot of them are married. Some some are divorced. Some are single. Uh, and one of the reasons for that is my my quarterly ladies or my monthly ladies lunch that I Quarter used to do. That I changed to quarterly. <laughs> yeah, we changed the quarterly, and uh, we're we're gonna get back at that. But so I we ended up with all these kind of female clients, and they're asking us, you know, what. Okay, let's start from the very bottom. Where do I start to prepare? Because it's not just debt. It's the second one's uncertainty. Uncertainty. So we talk, we're, we're, and again, we're getting ready to do a workshop on this, but it's what does your food storage look like, right? It, you know, here we're in Utah. We can make fun of it. Oh, the Mormons, you know, they have their food storage for three years or whatever, and they... No, but it's a real fact. And, and, and I'm, you know, it may be not, it maybe it's, maybe it's three months, maybe it's six months, but, but you got to have food, right? Yep. Food storage, water, water. I mean, we have our, we made our list the other day, yep. right? We have a generator that is uh, a radio crank that's powered by solar. We have water filters, you know, I kind of hate to bring this up. Um, well, gas masks is <laughs> yep. not something I really feel good about buying, but you know, it's, you never know. Like you never I, know. So, but we talk about coins, you know, you can always barter with coins, gold, silver, you know, have a safe with some guns and some ammunition. Like the, the that's just. That's like the physical aspect yeah. of the emergency preparedness. Exactly. Like your financial preparedness is. Like, you know, building that cash reserve, but also knowing your plan as well. It's well, not just building your cash reserve. If you depleted your cash reserve, where are you going yes, to pull yeah, money? Yeah. So you got to also have that backup that, plan. Those go together, right? So it's right. not, a cash reserve is a part of that. But but literally building from the ground up, people are asking, like, what do we need to do? Yep. And so, you know, cash reserve is, is great, but if you don't have any food and you lose your job or someone gets disabled, we, ha we, were, on, we were on a meeting yesterday with a client and she's like, my husband doesn't even really care about this. You know, we were talking about life insurance yep. on him and her. He's like, why do we need it? Why do we need it? I have, I have this little policy, you know, it's little, it's 250000 and they, they have two kids that are, you know, Brown. older teenagers or no, they're grown they're, they're, they're grown they're yeah. grown so you know we just simply said well you know how much does he make a year and we already knew the answer to that it was about a hundred thousand and so at his age i think he's 48 so 48 to 67 whatever the 48 to 68 there's a million dollars of earning it was like two million dollars yep of earning power that would be gone if something were to happen to him and when we put it in that way she's like oh 
yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, because I think because women are more like, you know, want to reduce all the risks that in their lives, right? But men are just like it's it's a mentality, it is a right? It's and like, not always, but not in, always. in a lot of cases. Yeah, because we want to because as a woman, we want to protect our family mm-hmm. and everything that we have. So I think that's why, you know, us being a couple and business partners kind of brings that perspective on both sides. Absolutely. A survey found that 11% of workers who said they worked with an independent financial advisor had among the highest mental health scores and financial financial well-being scores. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, because um, if you're working with an independent financial advisor who's not tied to wirehouse or other companies that, you know, because then they have a broader, they represent you, they represent you, but they also have a broader perspective of things. They're not tied to one thing or, you know, a few things that they're, that they can offer. Yep. So it gives the client a better peace of mind knowing that, you know, their best interests are being looked after and that the plan that they have is going to be successful or that if they do what's laid out in their plan that they're going to get to their goals yep well and and you you listed a lot of benefits of working with an independent advisor or just an advisor a financial therapist you called it and I just bullet, bullet pointed a few things out. What what it, what's the advantage uh, on top of what you just said? Uh, you know, they they can offer they can go out there. They work for you ultimately, right? They represent right. you, but they're there to listen. They're to right? listen. We're here to tell you that your goal is not being realistic or whatnot. If it's you know because some people they have this big dreams, and with the resources, we will tell you like being independent allows us to let you know like tell the client whether or not that's realistic or hey we may need to step it down a notch or whatever and that was my second bullet point developing a comprehensive plan that matches that that client yeah the goals Uh, offering expert advice would be another one uh which you talked about you know accountability uh is huge um making adjustments along the way you know, things change, the plot twist. It's kind of like that. basketball, right? You got to make adjustments. If something's call not working, call a timeout when you need to. Mm-hmm. Rotate your players when things doesn't work out. And then if somebody get ejected, there's you have a plan B. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is interesting. We're, we're huge jazz fans and watching Quinn Snyder compared to uh, Will Hardy. Will Hardy. As soon as the energy changes, Will Hardy calls a timeout and and he makes adjustments. And Quinn Snyder, now I'll give him credit. Like he had some good players. If you have good enough players that can adjust, but most of the time they're busy just playing the game, right? So, you know, we. we, It's the same. There wasn't enough adjustments going on there. Quinn is the exact (laughs) same rotation. Like I can just close my eyes and tell you what plays he's going to make before the game even begins. Okay, enough of that. Um, You know, developing a personalized treatment plan. 
you know, what's the prescription and how often do I take it? And, you know, it's, we, we can, we can go down in the weeds if we need to. And, and just monitoring your uh, progress and, and so you can achieve independence, like you said, and have that peace of mind. Yep. And that's what can create, start to create emotional wellness as, as, as well as financial wellness. Now, what are some other things that we can do to create emotional wellness and financial wellness? Mindfulness. Mindfulness. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, one, one thing like I'm down in that office, uh, I'm down there nine hours a day in this, in the, you know, and I, I, you know, I'm not complaining. It's a nice little office. I love it, but you can go crazy, you know, just like work, work, work. And just think about like during COVID shutdown, yeah, the, those lockdowns. That's what happened with people. It's like, oh, so yeah. you're just frustrated. You're just like, you know, yeah. there, same thing. Yeah. And I, as I was working, I don't know, yesterday or the day, it just came to me. It's like, I don't take, I don't stop and just breathe. Like I, I'll meditate in the mornings, <laughs> right? I'll go to the gym. I'll do my workout. But just like you can meditate whenever you want. And it's just really being aware of your breath yep. and I notice how uh, like I uh, not uptight but I, I do probably get uptight but wound up um very <laughs> that's something I'm working on all right but, that's why but, we have a dog right? yes well that emotional too. support yeah. animal yes she reminds us hey I need a walk <laughs> you're gonna take uh, you know me. what that that and I, I was out taking her for a walk not yesterday because it was freezing my butt off, but the, the day before it was like 80 degrees and it was lunch and I was all alone out there. It was so nice, you know, just like, but my, without a dog, like, you just, I guess you could walk by yourself or get a friend. Get a we, friend. We, we see a lot of folks walking by our place. Yeah. yeah. No, but it's just like having that companion that say, hey, I need a walk. So do you. So take me. Yeah. Yeah. It's a two-way road, right? Yeah. And if you don't, she keeps barking until you get annoyed. And No, she doesn't bark. She just comes and... She, what, she does bark. She goes, woof. Oh, really? Or she goes... She'll, she'll come in my office and just... She'll put her her uh, her nose on my leg. Yeah, she'll do that. And then, like, sometimes I ignore her because, like, I'm in the middle Well, that's of, her saying, Mom's ignoring me. I barked, and now I'm down here putting my nose on your leg. Can you please take me out? I've got to go to the bathroom. That's, that's how that no, works. she went to the bathroom. She just wants to play. Oh, and okay, it's okay. just like, you know. Let's start with the first thing which we talked about, which is, you know, really probably the most impactful thing that we can do is build our cash reserves. Mm-hmm. So just a few bullet points. We don't need to get into, into a big discussion about this, but set a goal. Right? Set a goal. Set a goal. What start it? with three months. Yep. Start with two months. Start with one month. We can mm-hmm. go out nine. We can go out thirty days. We can go out sixty days. No income. How long can you go? I think like I think three months is good because you know even if like if there's a plot twist, say lose a job, you got laid off, mm-hmm. right? Three. How long does it take for you to find a job? You're lucky if you can get a job within a month, but sometimes it drags to three months so well, minimum is three months yeah, and we're going to talk about that education piece mm-hmm. because education gives you choices and actually based on all the surveys the higher education the less financial stress and there's not it's not just a money thing 
Nope. It's a choice thing. It is. It's an options thing. We'll, and we'll get into that. Uh, number two, so, so one set of goal two, track your spending. Where in the hell is your money going? Do you know? And I will tell you this. I have, I track, well, before I met you, because <laughs> now track everything. I, I track, I had a spreadsheet and like after I got into some serious relationships, I, I would let my, you know, my partner see my little spreadsheet and they're like, wow, this is so cool. You know, but I knew, I knew what I had because I really never know what I have coming in. Now I kind of, it's gotten more consistent, but if you, especially if you're self-employed and you really don't know what, you know, hopefully you have some idea, but you have to really know what's going out and little things add up. Now, since you've been, I'll tell you what, my stress levels, just because I haven't had to sit and do that every single week have dropped significantly. So thank you. I appreciate it. No. And I remember when you, when we first got together and you were doing it, I was just like, oh, it's like, it ruins your whole day. (laughs) And it's just like, I'm like, okay. It's probably not the best way to start a day. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just like, you just have to know what's coming in, what, and what's going out and all this, you know, and how do we need to juggle things if we need to. You know, based on that spending, create a budget. I know everyone hates that word. I hate that word. I frankly don't, you know, this this was... I this, don't like to call it budget. Yeah, Let's call a it... A spending m- plan. A spending plan or limits. L- yeah, l- limits. Like speeding, speed yeah. limits. Like what's your limit on that? Yeah. Automate your savings. That's probably key. And not like most... Most people we talk to have money in some type of a 401k IRA. And the reason is because it's automatic. Yep. And a lot of them aren't even doing what they can up to, you know, the match and that kind of stuff. But automatically sending money to your savings, long-term savings, every single time you get paid, pay yourself first. Like that's not just a slogan. It's real. Like Mm -hmm. take your money and pay yourself first. Well, and also like we're in Utah, so a lot of people pay tithing, right? Yeah. So well, pay charity. tithing, yeah, and or not charity. Just, it doesn't matter pay if that, it's that, and yeah. then it should be the second thing you pay. Well, and that's that's an interesting topic because we'll, we might get into that a little bit. But charity, whether it be time or money, is a big factor in emotional wellness. And we have a lot of clients that do a lot of charity work. Uh, they donate a lot of their money. We had one client, he, he was in yesterday as well. Yep. And he said, you know, by golly, I don't want to fund my kid's retirement. Yeah. <laughs> so and we're I like, said, go on a vacation. Spend this money. <laughs> I said, go on a vacation. Go do something for yourself. And he's like, I, what I've do I been do? Do- <laughs> yeah, what do I do? I've been doing it. So it's like, okay. He, and you know, he's gotten so entrenched in his budget that he doesn't, he just doesn't want to veer. No, and he tried to spend it because his wife was running for um, a political office. And, you know, so we thought, okay, you know, he's spending some money, but then he's like, nope, I wasn't out of pocket that much. And we're like, crap, how do we get him to spend money? <laughs> but, but that's, that's what he said. He, he, yeah. he doesn't want to make his kids rich. Look for extra sources of income, obviously. Another bullet point I had on that was considering, you know, keeping that cash reserve in low low risk investments. Mm-hmm. 
certainly we don't want it. I mean, with interest rates as high as they are right now, we don't want it in, in literal cash. You know, maybe a certain amount, probably two, two three months. Yeah. But uh, then you want to start laddering that up, and you can go into high-yield savings accounts, and then you can go into CDs. Then you can go into U.S. Treasury bonds, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, right? Da-da-da-da-da-da. So what are some, so obviously building cash reserves is critical. What are some other things that we can do? Get a side gig or if you have a hobby that you really like and you need those extra, you know, that can bring extra yep. income. People are crafty yep. or, you know, there, that could help. Well, I, I love my sister and she's, she's such a great example to me. She's, she's a, she's a great hustler. She, she teaches at the elementary school that, doesn't make a, a ton of money. Her husband has been no, she, employed. She's a special ed. Special right? ed, yeah. Anyway, they've had some cash flow issues with him being self-employed for a while, then back being employed. But in, in the meantime, she said, you know what? Heck with this. I'm going to go back and get my Education, bachelor's degree. Yep. So she got her, she's almost done with her bachelor's. Yep. And then she's going back to get her master's. And she's like, I'm going to make sure <laughs> this never happens again. And I just, I, I was impressed. Like, that's that's something. Yeah, and she starts savings, too. She's like, okay, he's just depleted our savings, so I, how do I build that back up? Well, not he. He, he for, and the family, let's, let's be clear on that. He didn't just go empty their savings and go to Vegas. No, but, no, but it's just like <laughs> with him being, being unemployed, yeah, you know, got it. laid off. They went through it. They went through it. Yeah. You know, they have four kids yeah. or actually three and a half. You know, if, if you're really in, in dire, you know, there, there's other resources. Like if it's not, you know, because a lot of our clients are really, their concern is running out of money, living too long, paying too much in taxes. But we're talking about a level here of financial insecurity where it gets really scary. Mm -hmm. What You know, there's other resources out there. There's nonprofit credit counseling agencies, community organizations, and government programs. Make yep. sure... Uh, and again, coming back to my first couple of years of marriage and having those kids, like Becky knew all the resources we and we tapped into them. You know, we used them. Ta I mean, that's why it's resources. It's built to be there for you when you need it. Yeah. Right. Yep. Something we kind of touched on is just taking care of yourself physically. You know, if, if even if it's you know walking, meditating. Uh, you know, I, I love to work out. So wherever you're getting your stress, like if I, if I, and I've said this a million times, if I don't work out, like I'm just talking about high strung, like it's, it's, it, it gets bad. And it's not just your physical health, but also your mental health too. Yes. Take some time for yourself, like, you know, or even, um, gratitude journal or journaling. That's a, you know, a good way to let it out. Yep, absolutely. When I love, like, we have a client that she, they're retired and she just goes and helps these little kids. I think she does it once a week and she takes them on a field trip. Oh, or, twice a week because they're twice, home, yeah. homeschool. And just the joy that, that, you know, and the headache. Yep. <laughs> Both because, you know, she, she's a sweetheart, our client, but she, she goes and spends time with these, you know, that's a, you're, you're getting outside of yourself a little yep. bit, you know. Retirees, if you're look, if you're ten years and you're kind of looking at retirement in the face, you know you're, you know, cash reserve. Like my, my aunt is a great example. She's like, hey, Cody, I have all, you know, we, we have all the investments, and and this is something we 
kind of helped point out to her and she kind of knew there was an issue, but she's like, I just don't have enough liquidity, enough cash. Yep. And bless her heart, she went out and, and a year later she came back, I think it was a year, maybe a year and a half. And she's like, hey, I got it. Yep. I'm like, you got what? She's like, I got my 50 grand. I'm like, what? Yep. Like, There's maybe 35 or something, but you yep. know, and she's continuing to build that up and to see some of that stress and anxiety leave her because of that. It's, yeah. And it's some, cool. some people are not used to being home with their spouse all the time. So, you know, that's <laughs> also her way yeah. of getting out of yeah, the house. That's true. But you know, if your spouse is part of like why your mental health is dwindling down, not just because of your finances, you know, there, there are options like go out, get a, like a side hustle, you know, a side gig, mm -hmm. do something yeah, a couple that can generate income. Yeah, a couple of things. I, I, I said network. Network. Like yep. if you're not, if you're, if you lost a job, like always, always be networking, whether it's through LinkedIn or you're going to events or whatever. It's amazing. Every time we go to a networking event, we meet really cool people. And some weird ones. And some too. weird ones. <laughs> but, but it's just, cool to listen to people's stories like people you don't even know and you're learning you know so so networking just because it's really a game of a lot of times who you know and those are opportunities uh, yep. con consider taking on a side gig we, gig, we talked about that uh, have a backup plan if, if things go and that's kind of what we talked about is the food storage and i think having even more cash these days and there, there's a lot of uncertainty mm -hmm. out there so, uh, you know, we, we have clients that will call in, hey, lost, and, and lately it's been coming from these tech companies. Yep. And a lot of guys are calling us, hey, I lost, uh, I lost my job, lost my job, lost my job, you know, and then it's just like they're on this wheel of. Trying to get back on their trying feet. Trying to get back and, on. You know, and hiring, not a lot of companies are hiring too. So that job numbers are again. We're gonna see some changes in the job numbers. Oh yeah, in it's the next coming. Few quarters. Yeah, it's coming. So. Here, here's what not to do, and this is what you kind of brought up in in the beginning: avoidance. Like, don't put your head in the sand and pretend it like it doesn't exist. That is the worst thing you can do. But if you're you're, you're feeling emotional, go for a run, right? Go for a jog, meditate, whatever you need to do, and then or eat. <laughs> or eat. Uh, impulsive or reckless spending. Like sometimes, you know, it's like, well, screw it. I don't have the money anyway. I'm going to use my credit card and we're going to go on a trip because we deserve it. You know, that that's sometimes can be our train of thought. Hoarding, <laughs> holding on onto money or possessions out of fear of not having enough in the future. Welcome to my mother's mm. world. Mm. It's uh, our emergency reserve. <laughs> All the... We have, I, I think we could go three years on hand sanitizer, toilet paper, shaving cream. I'll, I'll stop there. I, I'm very grateful because I just have to, I don't have to go to Costco anymore. I just open the closet and I have everything I need for like three years. No, it's not. I know. I'm being, I'm being a little dramatic. Yes. Yeah, Two and a half years, maybe. Withdrawing. Right, not going to network events, just staying at home because you do, you're just not in the mood to talk to anyone. Right, that's that's probably not going to help you. And and just decision par paralysis. We see people so nervous that they don't want to make any decisions. And honestly, or they make impulsive decisions. Uh, impulsive. You know, people say, "What what do you 
like, what do you do for a living? Like, how, how do you make money? What do you, like, my job ultimately is to get people to make decisions. If you don't make a decision, you're not, you have to make it, you have to actually. We'll let, we'll let you sleep on it for like a day or two. No, yeah, of course. Or but, a week. But if you don't make any changes, if we don't help, you know, if you're not making any changes, you're not making any progress. So that, that's kind of our job, that accountability part is, hey, here, here's your options. Which which one are we going to do? Let's let's attack this. Yeah, status quo is not not going to help. Going to help, and it's not in our dictionary. You're in our dictionary, yeah. person, our personal dictionary. Yeah, yes. status quo. It's like nope. You got to have plans. Like what? Everybody's got to have goals. Well, let's let's end with this. So I I want to recommend some books that if you're not wanting to seclude yourself and hide away from the world and or maybe you are and you want to read but there's there's some really good books out there the psychology of money mm-hmm. that's a good one timeless lessons on wealth greed and happiness by morgan housel mm-hmm. the total money makeover a proven plan for financial fitness by dave ramsey now now you gotta be careful yep Dave Ramsey. Uh, he'll help you get out of debt. One. He'll help you do the basics. But once you are out of debt. Okay. Some people like rich dad, poor dad. Rich dad, poor dad's great. You know, but it's just like, that's more real estate. The millionaire next door. Mm-hmm. It's a great one because we all think, we all are comparing ourselves. Like some people don't want to talk to us because they don't think they have enough. Some people don't want to talk to us because they think they have more than they need. Don't worry about it. It's all relative. They're like, we're the little guys. You you don't want us. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, no. Yeah, uh, we're the little guys. Oh, we're worth. We're only worth four million. You know, it's like, relatively speaking, it depends on who you're, who you're comparing yourself to, right? Yep. Lastly, I will announce that we are currently writing a book around the love code, the financial love code, and uh, we're excited about that. We've been working really hard on it. So, we'll yeah. we'll see. Uh, it's going to take a few months, but we will we will get that out there. Yep. It'll be interesting. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a bestseller, babe. The love code. Leave a legacy. Omit the risks. Value added assets. Yeah, it's gonna be the Lewis um, bestseller. <laughs> hey, you know what? I believe in I believe in it, and I you know if you want to improve your perspective and your common sense around finances, you know, study. Read about it. Read about money if you want to learn about it. Yeah, Disney slogan, do you believe in magic? <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, so that's... Uh, or do you prefer just do it? I th- I prefer just do it. Believe in magic is a start. <laughs> exactly. That's a start. Yep. But I can't sit in my chair and believe in magic all day and expect it just to come in. I have to go do something. Well, you got to create that magic. Yeah, absolutely. Well, amen to that, sister. Uh, here's to uh, another couple of weeks. Less stress, less anxiety around money. Be just be a mindful of where you're at. How do you feel? Why are you feeling that? What's your financial triggers? Be aware and then talk to someone, whether it be us or your other financial therapist or whoever. Your marriage counselor, yeah, your yeah. parents, your I, friends. And that's good advice. Your dog. Well, marriage, your marriage, like a counselor, like therapy. Like go get real therapy. You know, there there's could be some other issues there. So anyway. Yep. Indeed. Your dog. Yeah, that's what I do oh, during Gracie. the day. 
I'm I'm not touching that one, sweetie. She'll she'll come. Maybe add some therapy in with that, and you'll have the whole package. Having a dog is very therapeutic, but also very expensive these days. It is. So you know, it's like that house. You start looking at your utilities, your food, your teeth cleanings, your grooming, your toys, your time. But the priceless love that she gives is so worth every penny of that. I support you. Yep. Happy wife, happy life. Yep. Well, till next time, take care of yourself, your family, your mental health, your financial health, and your loved ones. Peace out. Peace out. That's it for this week's episode of Love, Life, Money, and a Cup of Coffee with Cody Kathy. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a thing. This is Cody and Kathy wishing you a love-filled life full of prosperity. Have a good week. Peace out. Peace out. <laughs>